Hola, Hola chicas. chicas. Bienvenidas a la charla. I'm Isela, a wife, teacher, entrepreneur, and new mommy to my sweet baby boy, Logan Jace. I'm Lily. I'm a teacher, daughter, and engaged to a wonderful man. Somos dos Latinas from Texas, loving life and living it up. Acompáñanos as we chat all things mujer. Makeup, libros, food, familia, and just bringing you into our everyday lives. So grab your cafecito and let's chat. Hey everybody, my name is Isela Hernandez. As you know, I am just the one part of a duo. Me and Lily, you know, get together and talk about everything, my Isela life, our personal lives. I talk about motherhood and just everything that's going on. You know that. If you've been here, you know what we're about. So today we're going to take a journey down to, you know, Casa Confetti Co. Where it came from, how I got here, and where it all started. So I wanted just share this with you guys because I feel like so many of you can probably relate. Many of you probably won't, but I hope that this sparks some sort of a passion in you to go after whatever it is that you've been wanting to go after, but you haven't. So it starts back so, so long ago, guys. When I was little, I remember, like my mom always had garage sales, you know, she always had the yard sales. She was always selling all kinds of stuff. And I remember my mom and dad like selling different knickknacks and just things. I remember at this one, at one point in my life, they made a friend. Do I know his name? No, because they used to call him El Señor de los Colchones. Because this man used to sell um, mattresses to my parents at like this discounted rate. And then my parents would sell them in their garage sales. And oh my gosh, they did so well. They did really well. And this is after coming from a time in our life when we weren't doing so well. It was like a roller coaster throughout my childhood. We were doing extremely well. My dad used to work for Coca-Cola and you know, we were that family that we never drank Pepsi because Coca-Cola put, you know, food on the table. <laughs> so my dad was doing really well. And then all of a sudden, on a rainy, stormy, cold night, my dad um, got off the truck and, well, his 18-wheeler. He got off the 18-wheeler and he slipped on ice and he fell off the top, the top half of the truck onto the, the pavement. And he basically had, he had messed up his back really bad and he had back issues for the rest of his life. And he had countless surgeries and so many things that he had to deal with physically and then mentally because he felt like he just couldn't provide for us anymore. So they had to think of different ways as I'm sure this is very relatable to many of my my people in the Latino community is that you got to make ways to find a means to exactly what you need for your family. You're going to make ends meet. And some of us, you know, we don't choose the best way to do things. And some of us choose whatever we can do just to get by. And for my parents, it was the garage sales. They would, they would do that all of the time. And I remember the Señor de los Colchones would come over. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, into my 20s, I was, per this This all happened when I was in elementary school, okay? But growing up throughout middle school, high school, I remember having a new colchon on my bed like every couple of years because we would get a colchon from this guy um, for all the beds in our house. We'd like get outfitted, you know, <laughs> for all of our uh, mattresses. And I remember 
even in my 20s, having this mattress and thinking, gosh, this is the most comfortable mattress of of life. I mean, it was awesome. So I'll ne- that'll never leave me. That'll always stick with me. My parents were on the hustle. Every single weekend, they had a garage sale. And I remember telling them, why don't you guys, because they always had great stuff to sell. And I would tell them, why don't you guys go get a booth at Trader's Village or, you know, go to Canton or, you know, whatever. Just find a spot, you know, at at El Bazaar or Flea Market, whatever, trade days. And they were like, no, because then we have to pay all these fees and this is just fine. And it's true. They did really good just selling things that were gently used or things that they didn't need anymore or selling the colchones. And I remember it sparking an interest in me to sell things as well. And when I was little, I remember my mom would say, okay, let's go down to Harry Hines. If you are from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there is this very popular street or stretch of road called Harry Hines. I know, not the most cool name I guess it's, it's it's a weird name and it's a very seedy street guys like you can get the best of the best wholesale merchandise for your shops but you can also run into some really seedy activity down on this stretch of road I'm just gonna be real I'm gonna keep it honest and that way you guys can totally get a visual of what I'm talking about so anyway we go down to Harry Hines and my mom is like going into the shops that don't require like a tax ID or anything like that and they just want us to go I mean she just wants us to go and like kind of look at some stuff that we could sell buy in bulk and then sell at our garage sale or yard sale because it was we never had a garage we always had a yard sale (laughs) yeah that's just like I think that's just a common thing even though you don't have a garage and it's not happening in your garage do you also call it a garage sale or a yard sale because We would call it a garage sale, but it was definitely a yard sale. So anyway, you know, we go down there and my mom's like, "Ah, quiero a ver qué podemos comprar para ver qué se vende. Tú dime qué se va a vender. And I remember, guys, going into this shop and purchasing, we purchased probably like 50 t-shirts. And this was back in the 90s, in the early 90s, when um, Bugs Bunny, like the Looney Tunes were extremely popular. Do y'all remember that? It was in the very early 90s. All the Looney Tune characters were super popular, and there were these shirts that people would wear, and it was like the Looney Tune characters dressed like either football players or they would be dressed like baseball players or basketball players or rappers or whatever. It was like this cool, swaggy type of T-shirt. Okay, and you can get whatever Looney Tune character you wanted. You can get Bugs Bunny and Taz or... (laughs) Whatever. And I remember telling my mom, Esa si se van a vender, ama. Let's get those. So she got like 50 of them. They had some with like the Dallas Cowboys on the front. Like this was a thing, guys. Looney Tunes apparel was the rage in the early 90s. Look it up. It's a real thing. If you don't remember, um, if you do remember, shout out to you because we're probably in the same age bracket. But if not, go look it up. It's It's quite hilarious. So anyway, she bought about 50 of those. And I remember seeing Ray-Bans were extremely popular. The Wayfair Ray-Ban style back in the 80s. And I remember seeing a box of like knockoff Wayfair sunglasses. And they were different colors. It was like neon blue, clear um, yellow, and like a clear pink, and a clear green, and all this. And I said, Mom, 
those are going to sell too. And my mom believed me. She thought I knew what I was talking about. Why would you take a 12-year-old child to go and help you buy wholesale merchandise when I had no idea what I was talking about? So anyway, you know, we take this back and some of the shirts start to sell. Not much, you know. And then the Wayfair knockoffs are just kind of sitting there. And I remember after about three weeks of not a single pair of those selling my mom just let me and my friends have them. And we went to some Tejano concert or something somewhere. And we wore those shades. And that was about it. But I remember having that in the back of my mind. Like, okay, I didn't do good. And I felt bad because I'm like, man, I steered my mom in the wrong direction. Like, she wasted all this money on these shirts. Only a few sold. And then she wasted all this money on these sunglasses. And they didn't even sell. Like, what am I doing wrong? And it just kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, I, I, into my high school years, I was just, you know, in, into high school, not really focused on anything else. And my 20s come along and my entrepreneur side just sparked again. And I remember seeing, and I know that you guys have seen this, the craze in the early 2000s of wine glasses and martini glasses that were hand painted. And they're really, really cute. And they had like puff paint designs on them some of them would say like birthday queen or you know birthday girl or some of them said inappropriate things some of them were like really flashy with glitter and all this stuff and I remember looking at those and thinking to myself I can make that I can make that and I can sell those and I really guys was like oh I'm gonna do this I'm going to do this and they're going to sell and they're going to do really, really well and it's going to be awesome and yeah, this this is, this is what I'm going to do and I remember making them and I think I sold one and I even had my name for it. They were called Chica Teenies because they were martinis made by this Chica, you know, and I named them Chica Teenies. And I remember feeling so low when a person at the time who I thought was one of my best friends literally laughed out loud. She laughed out loud at the name. She kind of was like making fun of the glasses. And I just kind of gave up. When you look to people in your circle and you think to yourself, these are my friends, these are my sisters or my brothers, these are these people are my my real good, you know, amigas. They're like my family. But then that happens, you kind of start to instead of doing away with that quote unquote friendship, you kind of start doubting yourself. And you head your your mind heads down another, you know, road. And you doubt yourself rather than cutting ties and going forward with what you believe in. Which sucks. It really sucks. So Anyway, I gave it up. I had made all these glasses. Um, at the time, I was already married. My husband was like, hey, he's always been a huge supporter of anything I've done. And he's like, yeah, do it. You know, do it. But at this time, guys, it's the early 2000s. MySpace was still around. Um, nobody knew what YouTube was. I don't even know if YouTube was around then at that time. 
Um, and no one was really doing any kind of promoting on the internet like that. Like the people who were successful, they were people who had business plans and marketing degrees and they just knew exactly how to dig in and go for what they wanted and market themselves. And they knew all of the tools and their way around the networking and the business. And, and it, it was just so intimidating. And to me, I was like, look at me, this know nothing Latina who came from nothing. I'm trying to do something and you know what? It's just not for me. So I, there I, I went again. I abandoned that idea. A couple years later, um, Facebook is starting to get popular and I'm on Facebook, you know, enjoying my twenties, doing crazy things, being a wild child in my twenties. And then 2009 comes around and I am watching YouTube nonstop. I'm watching all of these, you know, um, beauty gurus on there and like all these videos just roll out of nowhere. And never did I ever think about a financial side to YouTube because I, because I didn't know that you could, um, be financially stable with YouTube. I, I didn't know that at that time I loved makeup and at, in college, I took some classes for makeup artistry and I started to do makeup and I would watch YouTube videos and I loved it and I loved makeup for so long and I, you know, did a few weddings, I did um, some birthday parties, I even did theatrical makeup and special effects makeup and things like that and on a very small scale but I loved it and I enjoyed it and I started to see the rise of people making the videos on YouTube for makeup. So I said, you know what, I'm going to make videos on YouTube. And at this point, I don't really think anybody knew you could make money on YouTube. It was just this very new thing, this new trend. And 2009, guys, that's when people were barely starting to come out. And I regret it so bad because I remember reading a few comments that said, oh, this is a great video. You're so pretty. Like, thank you so much. You're helping me. Like, you make me feel confident. And I had a few messages that were positive like that, but then I had one message that basically just kind of sealed the coffin shut for that idea. It was one person who messaged me and said, I can't believe that you are making videos you are too ugly to make videos and you don't even know how to apply makeup. And I hate the way you look to another place whenever you're talking. You're not even looking at the camera. How annoying. And why does your lip curl on the edge when you talk? You should not be a beauty guru. You shouldn't be telling anyone anything about beauty. Till this day, that comment, it still stings. It still hurts. And I still watch videos of myself whenever I post my stories on Instagram. I see those videos of myself and I see my lip curl and it takes me back to that message. And I'm like thinking to myself, why am I my own model for my business? I shouldn't be modeling these earrings. I need to hire somebody. I need to hire someone who's small, first of all, who's thin, delgadita, who's beautiful, 
who is way younger than me. Why am I 41 years old and modeling my own items? Like it, that those thoughts have crossed my mind before. And, you know, flashback to that day when I saw that comment, I literally pulled down my videos, left the channel and have never attempted to do anything else with it ever again. Because I agreed with everything that this person said. Not only that, but the same person that had made fun of the Chikatinis um, idea that I had was also making fun of my YouTube channel and the name that I had for my YouTube channel and my YouTube videos. Like I would be on there and I would be smiling and talking kind of the way I talk to some of you guys when I come out on my Instagram stories. I would just be smiling and cheesing and talking and going through a hair tutorial or going through a makeup tutorial. And I literally had these this acquaintance laughing at me and laughing at what I was trying to do. And it took time for me to realize that I need to clear out my circle and surround myself with people who are going to encourage me, who are going to lift me up, who are going to be true inspirational women to other women. Those people that you surround yourself with that cut the competition out, that know that there's room for everyone and that know how to be supportive, truly 100% supportive and honest with their friends without having to cut them down, without having to be rude, without having to tear down their self-esteem. So moving forward, I, you know, get rid of the YouTube. I still have the YouTube channel. It's in there, guys. It's collecting dust, but I've never once opened it. I have not once tried to upload something else. I haven't even looked at the subscribers. Like, I'm pretty sure there's zero by now. I don't know. But, you know, I just kind of abandoned it. And I think to myself, wow, 2009. Imagine if I would have stuck with it, guys. Imagine. Like, Every beauty guru that I followed in 2009 who has stuck with it thus far is extremely successful. And these women are all walks, of, like they just look completely different. They're all sizes, all colors, all shapes, all ages. And each of them caters to a different demographic per se. And then they also connect with people who aren't like them like these women are making connections and I think to myself man I kick myself in the butt because I'm just like wow I let that one go pretty easily and I'll never forget the the look of the way the girl looked because she literally the girl who commented this terrible comment that she made this troll of a girl had her picture on her profile and I remember staring at her picture and just being like you're right you're right I shouldn't be making videos you should be making videos because you clearly do look way better than I do and you probably carry yourself way better than I do she even told me she that my voice was annoying like everything everything you could pick apart uh of myself, of my face, of my body, of the way I spoke, of my mannerisms. She picked them all apart, guys, and she pointed every single flaw out to me. And it was hard. It was hard for me to move past that, but I just abandoned everything that had to do with YouTube, and I just kind of moved on and just said, you know what? This isn't for me. Here later, I come up with another idea. <laughs> I mean, who am I if I'm not consistent, right? I come up with another idea to become an event planner, okay? And I, I, you know, came up with um, 
a business name and I started marketing myself to my friends and I threw one big event and it wasn't for me. I just realized, I said, you know what? This is not for me. The event was great. Um, I didn't make a dime out of it, which I didn't know how to do that. I hired everything, um, paid everyone from my customers, you know, whatever her, um, what do you call it? Her, um, the budget that she had in place for her party. Um, but the venue that I booked was way too small, way, I'm not sorry, way too small, way too big for such a small number of guests. Uh, the venue was way over the top because that's what she likes. She likes, you know, the finer things. So the venue was way over the top. Um, we had a DJ, we had a bar and everything, and I didn't get paid. I didn't know how to get paid, especially when I was doing something for a friend. So that failed miserably very quickly. It tanked. And I was like, you know what? No. And the whole time that I'm going through all of these trials and tribulations, if you want to call it, I, you know, I had my job. I had my full-time job all the time. I always had work. Like I was always working somewhere. I've had more jobs than anyone I've ever met in my life, but I always had a job. I've never been without one. And they've all been, you know, legit jobs, like with payroll and social security and all that, you know, I paid taxes and everything, but, um, but then I always had these side businesses that I wanted to open up, you know, so I did that. And then I remember, um, I have had a lot of friends in my twenties that were musicians. I, some of my best friends that were in my wedding are musicians that we still, you know, love and adore till this day. My husband was a musician, like, I got into that side of things and I was promoting bands and I wasn't good at making money at that either. I was booking and promoting shows and I just wasn't good at it and I loved it and it was fun, but it was more of a time for me to go out and party and have fun with my girlfriends, have fun with my musician friends and for all of us just to meet people and just to, you know, have some drinks and be wild in our 20s. So it ended up being that instead of me pushing anything else and I want to pause it right here just because I want to give you guys a story time and it's back to this whole thing of me being a booking agent and having my little business um, as a promoter with musicians you know I went into this with one of my very best friends and his roommate who's another good friend of mine and the three of us you know we we uh formed this quote-unquote little company um and it was an entertainment company for booking and just promoting and managing local talent. So we book this one band. And I do not want to put the name out there because I do not at all want, like, what if this gets back to me? <laughs> and they're like, why is she putting our business out on the streets? But anyway, this one band, and it was these eight guys in the band. I want to say it was eight. It probably wasn't. It was probably more like six. But there was this group um, of guys that, were in a rock and roll band and they were, we want to be rock stars. We want to get this. We want to do this. We're going to do it. And I remember we would go out to their practices and everything. They rented this little warehouse space and they would go out and practice and stuff. And I remember we got a lot of our friends to promote their first show. It was going to be a big deal. There were going to be drink discounts at the bar. Um, we booked it. Everything was awesome. We were like promoting the heck out of it. All of our friends showed up. We thought it was going to be great. Guys, this was their first and last show. So anyway, um, you know, everything starts to go really, really, really wrong. 
with this show. Um, the singer was, you know, you know how, how singers are. They like to mosh. They like to jump off of the speaker boxes. They like to act crazy and all this stuff. Well, the singer, he literally, um, jumped off the drum riser and knocked over everything. Like the cymbals went flying. The kick drum went flying off of the drum riser. You could hear the feedback from the microphones. It was a mess. And I remember everything was was a mess to begin with. Like the sound engineer wasn't doing well. The lights weren't working. The equipment sounded terrible. The band was so nervous that they were flubbing notes. The singer's voice was cracking. It was a mess. And I remember us looking at each other. You know, my partners, quote unquote, my partners and I looking at each other and literally turning around and just ordering a shot <laughs> right at that time because it was that terrible. It was awful. It was like one of the worst experience as a quote unquote business owner that I had ever experienced. And it was embarrassing because we had so many friends and family out there and they had a lot of friends and family out there and we had promoted the crap out of this show and we knew a lot of club owners and and we knew a lot of like a lot of my friends were bartenders so they helped out with promoting it so we had a really good crowd and all of this happened and I'm like wow okay so we're not doing that again and we didn't and we literally walked away from it and I'm just like wow I keep walking away from all of these little potential endeavors that I never stuck with why like I I hit a failure I hit I've hit a failing point or I hit uh, a wall and I feel like I have to give up, you know, and, you know, we fast forward again to about four years ago when my husband and I want to open an online store. And I, 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 at this point I come up with Casa Confetti. I don't know where to go with it. And I'm just like, I know I love that name. I just don't know what I want to do. I know I want to create something that's all my own, that I'm going to be passionate about, that I'm going to love. But what do I do? I didn't know what to do. And at this time, we had bought one of the uh, cutter machines. And around this time, we started making all of my son's birthday party, um, you know, gift tags and cake toppers and cupcake toppers and, you know, photo booth backdrops and all that. We were just making all of this stuff because every single birthday he's had, it's either really expensive to buy all of this stuff like on Etsy or Amazon or whatever, or there's just certain things that we wanted to create for his birthday parties and we didn't know other ways to attain them other than to make them ourselves. So we started doing that and I started with that first. I was like, okay, well, I could sell bundles of like, you know... Um, Nick Jr. character birthday decor or, you know, Mickey Mouse birthday decor, things like that. And I just didn't find a passion within that. I didn't. I did it a couple times. Some people ordered from us. I didn't really push it. I kind of fell away and just moved on from it and didn't even give it a second thought. Um, then that same year, um, our neighborhood was having a craft sh a craft fair. Uh, for Christmas, it's like a holiday Christmas craft fair that we have in our neighborhood, and there's people that just come and shop for all the from all the little local vendors in the neighborhood because we have quite a bit. Um, 
And I told my husband, I said, well, why don't we make mugs? Why don't we make mugs with vinyl on them, like, you know, Christmas mugs or whatever. So we go. We set everything up. We had about 20 mugs with us. They were really, really cute, pretty simple. And we sell maybe five. Maybe five of them. We're sitting out there for about four hours. Um, everyone else is selling jewelry, like hotcakes. They're selling scarves. They're selling beanies. They're selling all kinds of really cool stuff that people really want. And I'm sitting here with all these mugs and wondering, where did I go wrong? And looking at the products that we made and thinking to myself, would I buy this if I saw it at a, at a craft sale, like, would I buy this for myself? Would I buy this as a gift? And I looked at it and I was like, no, I probably wouldn't. Why did I even try to push something like this? Like, why would I even think that I would be successful of something that I wouldn't purchase myself if I wasn't selling it? And that, for me, turned around my complete train of thought when it comes to thinking about how to start your own business. So, you know, fast forward, COVID comes around, people are doing so many things. The amount of small businesses that popped up during the pandemic has been astounding and so uplifting at, at the same time because I am seeing so much creativity from so many people and people just making it work, people following their dreams, people creating and doing things from their heart. And that's what I knew I wanted to do. And this whole time in the past probably three years, I've told myself, I'm going to do something. I am going to do something. And what do I know best? You know what I know best? I know how to be a maestra. I know the ins and outs of teaching. I know the crazy side, the sad side, the uh, the maddening side, the happy side, the cheerful, the joyful, the fun side of teaching. I know the ins and outs of maestra, of being a maestra and of maestra life. And I knew that I wanted to focus my store on that. And it all started with a pom-pom. It all started with a little fuzzy sphere of happiness. And I know that sounds cheesy, guys. I know that sounds like, oh my gosh, whatever, she's crazy. It, you know what? I might be, but I cannot express how much joy it brings me to create the pom-poms that I create. Because every time that I sit and create my pom-pom earrings or anything that I make with pom-poms, whether it be keychains, whether it be the pom pouches. Um, I am just in a zone, first of all. Um, I am releasing stress and I am just, my mind starts to reel on all the ideas that I can connect to my shop. Um, for the longest time, you know, with this name, Casa Confetti, I just remember thinking to myself, I love that name. And it came out of just me loving color, loving life, loving happiness, loving the fact that children make us happy as maestras. They do, even though times are really, really hard. I'm going to be real. 
you are going to have those days where you're just flying high and nothing could bring you down. And you're going to have those days where a child will make you feel like you were in the deepest ditch in the pit of the earth and you don't know how you're going to dig your way out. But I've always seen Casa Confetti as just happiness. And I remember seeing that um, phrase throw kindness around like confetti. And that's what it felt like to me when I came up with that name. Because I felt like confetti, nobody can be mad at it. You know, confetti is happiness. If someone throws confetti at you, what are you going to do? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And when I saw that phrase about throw kindness around like confetti, I'm just like, that's exactly what I want to bring to my brand. I want it to be happy. I want it to resemble happiness and fun and carefree type of accessories and things that are just visually stimulating to teachers and people who just love fun accessories. And, and fun items like fun t-shirts and different things that are coming to my shop that I can't mention at this time. But stay tuned. <laughs> Sorry for the shameful, shameless plug. I was going to say shameful. It's not shameful at all. It's a shameless plug. So anyway, you know, fast forward to Casa Confetti Co. And, you know, we're going through this pandemic and everything. I'm like, you know what? A few years back, I bought this pom-pom maker and I made a pom-pom and I remember making a keychain and assembling it and hanging it in all my bag and it fell apart within like a couple of days because I didn't make it right and it was just, it was a mess. And I remember getting rid of the pom-pom makers and giving them to my mom like here because she still has yard sales, guys. She loves her garage sales, okay? So I gave them to her and full circle. And I gave them to her and I and I said, mom, you know, use them for whatever or, or sell. I don't know. Maybe a crafter will come by and buy them from you or something. I don't know. And I just kind of left it at that. And then I remember seeing them again. Fun story, I saw my principal wearing them and I told her, I said, where did you get those pom-pom earrings? She had the most beautiful, fun pom-pom earrings and I said, where did you get those? And she's like, oh, I don't remember, like some some craft fair or something. And I remember it staying with me and saying, I'm going to make them. Those are so fun. I just wanted to make a pair for myself. I didn't think about it in the big in a big picture or anything like that at all. And I remember making my first pair and just like loving it and having so much fun. And then I remember my husband saying, you could, you could sell those. And I was like, oh, no one's going to buy these. And... I thought that for a split second and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make them. I had no doubt in my mind that I couldn't start my business. And I did. I remember getting every yarn of every color I could ever think of and I was making palms nonstop. And this whole pandemic was raging forward and I'm just like just in my in my office sitting in a chair listening to music and just making palm after palm after palm making cute ones and the duds that I was throwing in the trash or just throwing off to the side and and I would throw one in the trash and I'd dig it out of the trash and I kept it because I wanted to reflect back on how I started making these palms and everything just kind of started snowballing Everything started snowballing into, okay, I have all of these pom-poms. Well, let me release a collection. We're about to go back to school. Let me let me launch my site, my business, my dream, my shop, Casa Confetti Co. 
with my pom-pom back to school collection, but wait, I need more things. So I started making stickers and I started making pom-pom pouches and I started making shirts because we had everything to do all of this. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just need to go with it. I just need to make it. And if it fails, it fails. And if it doesn't, that's great. It's thriving and there's nothing wrong with failure. And there's nothing wrong with pushing forward and thriving and seeing your dream come to fruition and seeing everything come to life and bloom and seeing feedback and hearing feedback from people who love who love you and your genuineness and your brand and what you sell and how you connect. And guys, I cannot tell you the feeling I felt that night releasing my shop and I am asleep and no joke, but I kept hearing my PayPal ding every 15, 5 to 15, 20 minutes. And I kept waking up and I was like, it's got, this has got to be a dream. I remember hyping it up. I, I, I did the whole launch day thing and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And at that moment, I knew that I enjoyed doing what I was doing so, so much that I never had a moment of doubt in my mind. I was excited. I was pushing it on Instagram. I was putting out the launch day information and I would get like five or 10 likes and that was it. But boy, was I chugging forward. I was excited. I was happy. I was passionate. I was motivated and no one was stopping me. And I did it. And I remember that whole night praying, just being deep in prayer and thinking to myself, Dios, por favor, por favor, dame la paciencia. Give me everything that I need so that I can be patient with this, so that I can believe in this and continue to grow in this because this is what I really love to do. And I just kept hearing that ding and it was like ding, ding, ding over and over and over and friends sharing the page and getting all of these congratulatory messages because I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I kept it a secret. Usually I'm a blabbermouth. I'm going to be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on because I want to get that feedback. And this time I said, no, I stayed quiet. I did everything that I was going to do. I put in the work. I put in the prayer and I just started going with it. And it made and still makes my heart so happy to create for my shop, to create for my store, to create for my maestras, especially my maestras Latinas and my maestros. Because guys, you know, first of all, in education, you know that Spanish uh, resources are extremely scarce, which is so maddening, especially in the year 2020. Are you kidding me? And you know that everything that we see at Target, that we see in Walmart, that we see just throughout, you know, the big box shops and even the small time shops, nothing is really geared for us. Yes, we see tons of businesses pop up about Latina this, Latina that. And I love it. I love it so much. And I'm proud of, of my, my sisters and my brothers doing those things. But at the same time, I'm like, where are us, las maestras latinas, los maestros latinos, the ones that are that are in the trenches during this pandemic? Where are we? And I knew deep down in my heart that I needed to create a space for us. And that's why 
you know, with La Charla, we decided to reboot La Charla and we added the Maestra Life segment to it because we want to give Maestras a voice. We want you guys to have a voice in a safe space through our podcast. And I created Maestra Life with Casa Confetti Co. to give my maestras accessories, to give them things, to give you guys things that we connect with, okay? To give you guys the t-shirts that resemble and represent us and our culture and the pom-pom earrings that give us that flair and color because that's what we're about. Us Latinas, you know, we're spicy, we're so inspired we're passionate and we're colorful we love vibrance and color and celebration and culture and that's why I decided to bring forth my maestra life mentality to Casa Confetti Co and I just did it and I went for it and I remember waking up the next day in tears and I think I might cry right now so if you hear me get a little choked up, I apologize. I'm trying to get choked up. But the next morning after launching, I felt this overwhelming sense of gratitude and my faith like just coursing through my veins of how proud I was of myself. And how moved I was by God because he opened my heart to believe in myself. He is the one that put me on the path to believe in myself. And I did and I do and I'm pushing forward and I don't know what's going to happen with my business I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to ever sell anything else again. The, the sale that I got 30 minutes ago might be my last, you know, sale. Who knows? I don't know where it's going. But the whole point of this story and my journey and me sharing this with you is that you can do anything you want. I know it's a cliche. I know that you've heard it since you were a child, you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. But I'm here to tell you that you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter how small the scale is or how massive it is. It doesn't matter. If you want to open a business, start creating. Start brain dumping all of your information. That's one of the biggest things that I can tell you guys. Get a sheet of paper. Get a whiteboard. Get a poster board. Get your iPad, whatever, and start dumping everything that's in your brain onto that paper and guess what once you start throwing those ideas on a paper put them into motion set everything into motion start making creating whatever it is that you want to do if you want to be a youtuber turn the camera on think about it lay it out lay out your craft and say this is what i am good at hone in on that and be humble be you be True to yourself, be true to others, and just be honest. Believe in yourself and it's going to happen. I don't know where my business is going. I have no idea. Right now, I know that I am loving it with every inch of my soul. I absolutely love creating for you. I love it. It's, it I, just, I can't even explain how passionate I am about that. And for me, it's not about 
you know, there's so many women out there that are just driven by money and this hunger for bigger and bigger. And that's great. That's awesome. If that happens to you, that's amazing. And if that's your goal, that's great. I am more of a person that loves to be, I, I love my soul and mi corazón to be fulfilled. That's my wealth. That's the wealth that I gain for my heart and my soul to be fulfilled by someone saying, I absolutely love this. This is how I feel when I wear this. And thank you because I love that you are this way. And I, I love that, guys. That That's where I feel my wealth and my riches is from me fulfilling my heart and my soul through spreading the kindness like confetti. And I, I want to connect that message to you guys. I know I've been rambling like crazy for almost an hour now, but I just want you to go out there and get it. And if someone is putting you down, it's not because you're bad at doing whatever you're doing. It's because maybe they just have a little bit of a fear of what you can do. Think about that. Just be humble, work hard, create, do whatever it is that your heart desires. Get out there and do it. You know that the Latina community, Latinx community, Latino community, whichever you prefer. Remember, that was another podcast that we had. Um, our community will support you. Our community will support you. We will push you forward. We will we we will help you connect. We will help motivate others to support you also. And that's what I love about a lot of the brown-owned businesses right now. We are pushing each other ahead. It's not about com competition, guys. There's, there's room for everybody. And we are here supporting each other and empowering each other. Latinos y Latinas, todos, como familia, como comunidad. We are pushing each other to do better, to be better, to do what's in our heart, and to do it with passion. And I want to encourage you guys to do that. I really do. There's so many things that I have right now in my brain dump pile. If you guys were to see my map, I have a, a bubble map of madness with all of my ideas for Casa Confetti Co. And, and I'm just excited. I'm so excited because I feel like I have created a space for maestras and maestros. And... I'm just so proud of it. And I wanted to share my journey with you guys because I know that there are many of you out there sitting on these great ideas and you just don't know where to go with it. Just go. The internet can be an evil thing, but it can also be a wonderful thing. And it's at your fingertips. And all you have to do is go, go, go. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to share a few things that I'm loving. Okay, chicas, welcome back. Um, I wanted to share just a few cositas that I'm loving at the moment. Uh, I don't have a lot, and I'm going to be doing a food one today because, as you all know, if you've listened to our episodes in the past, Lily's the foodie, and she's the one that always has the best food uh, recommendations. But I wanted to go ahead and share my 
thing right now that I am loving that I need to let go of because guys, necesita empezar la dieta. No joke, I gained eight pounds over this pandemic and I feel it. My face feels swollen, everything feels swollen and we need to start heading back the other direction. So I need to get on it. But the one thing that I want to share with you guys is the half and half Cheeto tin. It's a pop a popcorn tin, but it's the Cheetos brand. So half of the can is cheese, the cheddar flavor. The other half is flaming hot Cheeto flavor. That's right, I said it. Flaming hot Cheeto flavored popcorn and cheddar popcorn. But what's cool is that it's not all mixed together and it's not divided. So you know how sometimes you open the popcorn tins for the for the holidays and they're just divided with the cardboard and sometimes it's stale, even though they sealed it. It's stale. Well, when you open it up, they're in individual bags. It's two big bags, individual bags. I'm going to tell you right now, when you get it and when you open it, you need to share because it is addicting. Like you are going to sit there and 30 minutes later, you're going to be like, I have orange fingertips, red fingertips, and I can't stop. Please take this away from me because it's that delicious. So that is my foodie tip or not my foodie tip, but my foodie pick for my favorite cosita this week. And other than that, guys, uh, that would be the end of my episode because that's all I have to share. Um, Lily and I are going to put together a gift guide uh, episode. So be waiting for that. I'm thinking it's going to be sometime next week. I'm not sure yet because we want to at least do it two weeks out from uh, Christmas so that you guys have time to make your purchases if you do want to buy any of these gifts. But um, we do have a gift guide episode coming for you guys. And on that next one, she will be back, my little co-host. Today, she was super busy and couldn't jump in on this one. Plus, I've been rambling about my business journey. So anyway, I hope that you guys loved this episode. I hope that you found it inspirational. And I hope that you put those wheels in motion if you do have something that you um, are passionate about and something that sparks joy uh, that you want to do for yourself as an entrepreneur, a dream, a hobby, anything that you want to get into. I hope that motivates you because, um, yeah, it's just I just hope it motivates you guys. That's all I can say. Anyway, you can find us on Instagram at La Charla PC. You can find us on Facebook at La Charla Podcast. You can also follow me on Maestra Life for all of my teacher hacks and teacher how-tos. And then you can also follow my shop at Casa Confetti Co., at Instagram and Facebook.com. All right, guys, till next time. Give you a la charla.